Warning, this video may have some swearing in it. So kids, plug ears, and sing the baby shark. Welcome to Hair High Podcast Season 2. I'm your host, Angel Tran. And I'm Sherry, a.k.a. Sunny D, your co-host. The show has evolved into so much more than we ever could have imagined. So, with the start of a new decade, we're going to include lifestyle discussions as well. This season, we're going to focus on letting go. Whether it's the big chop, toxic relationships, an overloaded product cabinet, or those jeans from high school you're still hanging on to. So join us as we share a combination of my knowledge, and I'll share my wisdom at this thing called life. Hello, my hair lovers. Oh, goodness. So we are now on week a bazillion and three, as you know, it's been forever since we've, um, been on lockdown, depending on where you are again in the world. Okay. So I'm in Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. We've been on lockdown since mid March and we continue to be on lockdown. Okay. But as we all know, this is a global pandemic. It's not something that's just happening in our country, in our area, in our city, in our neighborhood, something that's happening all over the world. So it's affecting everybody. And with that, I'm going to talk about something else that I think is really affecting a lot of people globally. And it's really bothering a lot of people, you know, having to hear about these things time and time again. And, you know, and I'm included in that group of people, maybe uh, probably at the top of that group of people on that global level, because it's not happening directly in my country, but it's happening to my people. So, you know, just because I don't live in that area, it doesn't mean that me or other people, are, you know, aren't affected by what's going on and we're not watching and paying attention and being just as just equally disturbed and upsetting. And you know, I think you have an idea of where I'm going with this. And that is just all of the hate crimes that have been targeted against the African-American, especially male population in the United States. And, you know, I say the male population at this moment, because that's what we're hearing about in the news time and time again, is our young um, African-American men being taken from us unnecessarily. Okay. I mean, just the last few weeks, we have just been overloaded with sadness about this issue. A few weeks back, I did not have an episode to air because I just, I did not want to be angry. I didn't want to get on here and, you know, just filter all this anger onto this podcast. So I didn't want to do that because I knew that that wasn't really at the end of the day, what I want to take away from all of this. I am, don't get me wrong, I'm pissed. But I want to find a way to be productive and proactive. Not just anger-filled. So, I'm going to talk about it now. You know, about the Ahmad Aubrey situation that I couldn't mention a few weeks back because it was just heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking, it was disgusting, but not surprising. You know, it took, what do they say, up, you know, somewhere around nine weeks before this tape surfaced and these men were arrested? You know, like, what is that? 
and from my understanding, it was a lawyer, um, I guess at the DA's office or somewhere who had a conscience and they anonymously leaked this videotape to the public. And that's what got the ball rolling up until that point. You had a family fighting for justice for their son and you had three men who walked away scot-free, you know, able to go on with their lives, able to um, shelter in place during this pandemic and feeling as though they've dealt with the law. They, you know, they, they did their part, you know, their community, local police services knew what was going on and they felt that they were just in their actions. So they continued with their everyday living. And this family had to continue with their fight for justice. And I don't know who this anonymous person was and I don't care, but I do say thank you. Thank you for having a conscience. You know, because without that conscience, things like this continue to get swept under the rug. Things like this continue to go on and no one sees them or hears about them. And don't get me wrong, even with the videotape, we've had a bunch of videotapes because I had this whole conversation with my girlfriends. Like, should, should the videotape should have surfaced? Shouldn't it? Like, was it fair to the family for it to have played? Wasn't it? You know, everybody is coming from a different perspective on this and I'm okay sharing my perspective. And my perspective is, hell yes, we need these tapes. We need these tapes. Without these tapes being viewed and people seeing it for their own eyes and being able to make up their own judgment. And I'm not saying they're all going to come to the same conclusions, but we should at least as human beings see what the hell another human being is doing to another human being. And from there, whatever your, you know, your mindset is on that, now we have a more clear perspective on where people's conscience lies. Because if you can look at that tape and watch a man being gunned down into the street, a young man at that, and think, well, you know what? I could see how that situation happened. I need to know who you are because I need to stay far the fuck away from you. You know, so sometimes knowing your enemy, knowing your your being able to identify those individuals who will do you harm because they can justify harm being done to you. I need to know you so I can stay the hell away from you. So, yes, to me, those videotapes help. Here's a case where um, just recently a videotape played a huge part. Now, whether or not it, it goes any further than public opinion, we'll see. But uh, if you haven't heard of the um, gentleman in Central Park, they're calling it uh, the Central Park Karen, a white woman called 911 on a black man in Central Park because he asked her to leash her dog, which was the rule to have the dog on the leash. But because he asked her to do such a thing, you know, she felt personally offended to the point that she was going to call 911. Not only did she call 911, well, let me be clarify. She threatened to call 911 first and told him if he did not stop talking to her, that uh, leaving her alone, that she was going to call 911 and say there's an African-American man threatening her life. Threatening her life. Because he asked her to put her leash on uh, a leash on her dog. So not only did she spew this threat, but she followed through with it and put on the tears and the fake crying. And anybody can go on and see this video. And again, if you can look at this video 
and justify her behavior, I need to know you so I can say the fuck away from you. That's why I like the videos. Because everybody's, everybody's opinion is different. I mean, again, you have to remember, even though I live in Canada, I am African-American. Most of my family does come from the States. And I grew up with a certain kind of mentality as far as the North is concerned. Because in the South, you know, they'll, like, what happened to that young man there, they blatantly tell you, like, straight up, we don't like you, you're Black, you stay over here. Like, their segregation is very self-regulated. You know where you stand. In the North, that is not necessarily the case. What will happen is you have a bunch of people who pretend like, oh, I don't know why this is happening or, oh, that's horrible. But deep in their hearts, they don't give a shit. But they don't want to come out and say where they stand. Because no one wants to be an open asshole. They don't openly want to be a racist. They want to secretly be a racist. They want to benefit from racist behavior without having to actually act on racism themselves in their mind. But guess what? Not acting is the same as acting on. If you're comfortable with standing by and watching a situation transpire that you know is wrong and blatant and you say and do nothing, whether it's to contribute to help that situation or contribute to make that situation worse, as far as I'm concerned, you are complicit. You are just as bad. So that does not give you a pass because you stood by. As we're finding out in the Ahmaud Aubrey case, and I'm just going back here to that one for a minute, with the gentleman who videotaped the shooting. In his mind, because he just made the tape, he didn't participate in the actions. He had nothing, you know, he felt he wasn't culpable. But, you know, the law is arguing that point right now. And he, from what I understand, has just been placed under arrest not too long ago. So we're going to find out whether or not standing by anymore and just watching shit go down is the same as participating in something going down. Something bad going down. And in my mind, the way I was grow, grew up, my our moral compass was, yes, that is the same. If you are watching someone be victimized and you do nothing, you might as well be participating. You say nothing. You do nothing. You might as well be participating. So we're going to find out where the law sits with that one in a little bit. But um, yeah, so this Central Park Karen calls the 911 on this young man, on this man, gentleman. And it comes out later, this man is like Ivy League educated and has all these credentials and blah, blah, blah. I don't give a shit if he was a damn garbage picker. That is a human being that you just threatened an organization that has been systematically trained to kill men who look like him because he spoke to you. That is weaponized privilege as I've seen it um, described as. And I can't agree. I, th that is the perfect way to describe it. Weaponized privilege. How dare you? But that's the danger. Because you can say what you want, white people. You know your power. She knew her power and she exercised it. And she could have possibly cost that gentleman his life that day. 
because he had the nerve to speak to her and say something that she did not like. Wow. Like, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? I understand why so many people are getting angry. I really do. I don't want to be angry, but what I, so I've decided that what I'm going to do is take every possible opportunity I have to bring these ignorant situations to light because we need to hear about them. Whether you like it or not, whether we want to tune out or not, because it's so easy. Oh my God, just so much bad news, so much bad. But guess what? This could be your child. This could be someone you know. This could be someone you love. And you keep turning, tuning out until it lands on your doorstep. What good is it going to do you then? There is an old saying that my grandmother used to always say. And a lot of church folks know this saying. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. These tapes are telling truths and it is shaming devils. And we have to shame them because that's the only way anything stops. Without these images, there is no sense of culpability. Now, we know the, that the legal system is probably going to fail us. It has for hundreds of years. Nobody in the African-American community is really thinking 100% that, yes, justice is going to be served on this Ahmaud Aubrey situation, on this Central Park situation, and on this young Black man who just had a knee put to his throat while he begged and pleaded for his life and died yeah, on video camera. Yet again. So we know the justice, and this was by a white police officer, while surrounded by, I believe it was two or three other police officers. So we know the justice system is going to fail us. We know that. But there is a system in which we can exercise and weaponize and use to our advantage. And that is shame. Shame. This Central Park Karen was so shamed that the company she worked for no longer wanted her associated with their brand. So she has been dismissed. Hopefully, Whenever this woman goes out and applies for the job, a job for the next decade, she is Googled. And that shame carries her. It carries her so far that anyone who knows her or is around her and looks like her would never act out on such behavior because they understand the consequences now of such behavior. Shame them. But we can't do it alone. It can't just be the black community who is shaming these people. It has to be people who are, look like her, who shame her. It has to be people who look like her, who grew up like her, who live like her, who, surround, who are, she's surrounded by. It has to be those people who shame her so that they can use her as an example to their children. What she did was shameful. What she did was disgraceful. That is not the way human beings treat each other. That is disgusting. We need to shame these police officers. 
And I'm sorry, if good cops don't stand up and say something and let bad cops like that do the thing that takes someone's life, like they took this young man's life and they stood by, shame on you. You deserve to be shamed. You deserve to be shamed. We need to know your name because you are dangerous to be around. We need to know who you are because you should never police anybody's neighborhoods, including the ones that look like you, because you will influence them with your ignorance and continue this systematic hatred. So shame. That's, that is going to be my weapon of choice. That is what I'm arming myself with. You shamed or attempted to shame us for saying Black Lives Matter. How dare we say Black Lives Matter? All lives matter. Well, guess what? All lives are not as disposable as you have made Black lives. So shame on you for not only allowing this to happen, allowing this to happen in your community, allowing your community to go out and weaponize such privilege. Shame on you. Shame on you. And not only that, you try to muffle the voices of those who are trying to bring this issue to light. Shame, shame, shame on you. So, in the spirit of letting go, I've let go anger. I will not weaponize myself with anger. I have weaponized myself with shaming those who deserve to be shamed. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week. And remember, love, peace, and fuck the grease.